When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You know, we brought you the damn good beer. Now we're bringing you the damn good beef so good that you can now get their Wagyu beef at the DNVR bar at HassleCattleCompany.com. And when you use code DNVR10 at checkout, you save 10% every single time at HassleCattleCompany.com. H-A-S-S-E-L-L CattleCompany.com. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Strava CBD Coffee will improve the quality of your morning because it's rich in CBD and CBG and will help you with chronic headaches, joint pains, IBS, and so much more. If you use code DNVR25, you'll receive 25% off your first purchase at Strava Craft Coffee. I am your host, Patrick Lyons. Joining me today is AT&T Sportsnet's Drew Goodman. We'll get to that interview in just a second where we talk about the Rockies' chances of taking home the Silver Slugger and Gold Glove Award at third base by Herman Marquez and Ryan McMahon, respectively, along with our predictions for what was going to happen in Game 6 of the World Series. But here's what did happen. Congratulations to Atlanta, who wins their first World Series, first championship since 1995, waited quite a long time. They did it, got it done, taking out Cleveland that year. They do it on the road in Houston when, frankly, I thought the Astros were still possibly going to come back. So kudos to them taking it in game six with a decisive 7 to nothing score. Max Fried, starting pitcher, absolutely dominant. Six innings pitched, four hits, no runs, no walks, six strikeouts. In fact, the only quality start we've seen this entire World Series, that would have been a first had he not gone that length, had he not gone the sixth innings. Remember, five innings pitched, no runs, is not considered a quality start according to those standards. And there's a lot of interesting fun facts coming up in the next couple of days or so. I've got a few more for you before we kick it to our interview. But Tyler Matzik, of course, follows it up with two innings, four strikeouts, ends up lowering his postseason ERA to 1.48. He's only given up four earned runs in 24 and a third innings pitched. 38 strikeouts in that time. Don't forget, had three rounds of the postseason last year with Atlanta before they got knocked out by the Dodgers. On the offensive side, Jorge Soler, three-run blast there early for Atlanta, reminiscent of that Pujols home run 
off Brad Lidge in the 2005 NLCS, a ball that I'm still not sure came down. I'm not sure if Solaire's ball came down. Someone said they had caught it. Someone had it. I saw a picture of it on Twitter. But was that the real one? I don't know. I still think that one is in orbit. He wins World Series MVP because of that performance and and really the, the five previous games. Becomes the second Cuban-born player to ever take home the MVP after Levon Hernandez did it for the then Florida Marlins in 1997. Dansby Swanson in the fifth inning, a two-run shot. Freddie Freeman adds the RBI double to make it six-zip soon after that. Freeman also adds a solo shot in the seventh, his second of the World Series, to make it 7-0 where it ends up. And Atlanta was just the better team in this series. They deserved to win it. Houston's bats, they went ice cold. Alvarez started to slow down. Alex Bregman was non-existent. He was invisible, and that was the difference. And you, you'd be surprised. You should be surprised. I'm surprised after Charlie Morton goes out in the fashion that he did so early. One of their, well, no, he was their most reliable guy, I think, going into this World Series. Ian Anderson had been fantastic. He had been really good all postseason long, but still you'd want the veteran Charlie Morton over him. You would, and he gets hurt. The broken leg, still pitching on it. And you think, you know what? It's going to be a marathon. I don't know if Atlanta has enough to get it done. And I and I didn't think they did at any point in this series, even when they were up 3-1. I was still 51% to 49% leaning towards Houston coming back and winning this. And they did not. So kudos to Atlanta. They did it. They got it done. World Series ring goes to previous Rockies manager, Walt Weiss. Gets that done. Had a... Very tumultuous relationship with previous GM Jeff Breidich, as we know. And it's it's good to see him get his just desserts, as it were. Two coaching jobs still open with the Mets and A's. So maybe this is something that pushes him in the in that direction, right? In that in that right direction, because he deserves another shot. He did the best he could with the Rockies for four years. And now I think it might be time for him to get another shot. Eric Young Sr wins his first World Series. Tyler Matzik, as we mentioned, fantastic. What a wonderful story. You can't hear it enough. Texas Air Hogs, look them up. That's part of his story. Gets it done. And then there's a couple other guys that are going to get rings that you might not think about too much when you think about Rockies. Chris Martin, relief pitcher, was on the roster, off the roster, back and forth. Spent a tiny bit of time with the Rockies, but yes, he's won. Coach Sal Fasano who was a catcher with the with the Rockies very briefly, and give it up for 2017 trade acquisition Jonathan Lucroy. Played two games with Atlanta, and it sounds crazy. Yeah, look, when we think about this 21 Atlanta team who won the World Series, we're going to think of Freddie Freeman. Heck, we're going to even think of, of Dylan Lee and his first career start in the postseason. First career start, period, right? Get Does it in the World Series. Throws 15 pitches. We're going to think about him long before we think of Jonathan Lucroy, who played a whopping two games in July. But nevertheless, he's going to get a ring for his contributions to the season. Might, might not wear it proudly, but he's got one coming to him. Jock Peterson also wins his second straight World Series. 
Why is that notable? Well, he did last year with the Dodgers. Actually becomes, I think it's the sixth, fifth or sixth player to do it with two different teams, the last one of which was Ben Zobrist in 2015 and 16 with the Royals and Cubs. So I'm looking forward to breaking down all the different fun facts that are going to come out of this World Series win that I haven't yet even thought of. It's fantastic. It's, you know, even if that wasn't the team you wanted to win or that's not the team that you bet on winning, sure, that can be a disappointment. But look, 88 wins for Atlanta was enough to get into the postseason, and it was enough to spurn them on in the postseason when they needed to get it done. And they might not have had the All-Star game this year, but they got something a little bit better in the World Series. And I'm telling you that now because I'm sure that could be a, a tweet or a comment that could get weaponized. And I'm here I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take all of that weaponization out of it right here on the spot. Just say, hey, kudos to you, Atlanta. You want it all. And a hundred some days until pitchers and catchers report. That is if we don't have a work stoppage, which we'll briefly touch on in the interview with Drew Goodman. We'll talk about that next week in a little bit more detail. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, here's our interview and our podcast. As he is always the voice of the Colorado Rockies for AT&T Sportsnet. It's Mr. Drew Goodman. How you doing today, Goody? Good. I'm doing well, man. How are you? Pretty good. It's bittersweet time right now in the baseball world. Uh, not even looking ahead on the calendar for next month, uh, December 2nd, as it were. But we've got baseball. It might be one of our last games. I don't know. Game six, Houston, Atlanta. Do we see game seven tomorrow? What do you like tonight between Luis Garcia and Max Fried? I, I'm going to say we do see a game seven. Um you know, Garcia, we'll see how long he can go. He's coming back on three days rest. Nasty stuff. It's been good. Um, I just think, uh, I, I don't, for whatever reason, uh, you know, because I'm not, a, you can't say momentum because momentum is next day starting pitchers or Weaver famously said, and I think it's an, an accurate uh, statement. But, um, you know, Houston's confident. They're at home. They play very well at home. And uh, they had an extraordinary comeback the other day, down four to nothing and five to four, and and end up winning in in uh, not blowout fashion, but going away fashion. So I'm going to say, yeah, we're going to see a game seven. I think we are too. You know, we know we know the kind of talent that Atlanta has, but the fact that they go up three one on the Dodgers, and you think uh, don't count out the Dodgers team yet, and Atlanta gets it done for them to possibly do it twice here now. First to the Dodgers, then to the Astros. That almost defies odds, uh, in a sense, even though they're up. They they really had to get up, especially with the loss of Charlie Morton. That was such a, a pyrrhic victory they ended up having there early on where they won the game, but it could have ended up costing them the series. And I, I think it is going to go the full seven. Well, we, we've seen, you know, Houston lost their number one, basically, as well. And even coming into the year, they didn't have their true number one in, in Verlander. It's, uh, I think, in, in sports it is always a survival of the fittest uh, at the end. And there is good fortune uh, involved. Uh, you know, can a team stay, you know, relatively more healthy than its opponent. But I, I also think more than anything in the game of baseball, there's the hot factor. And now hot can be cooled off quickly by a really good pitching performance. And you see a team on a roll for a couple, three games, and they're scoring a bunch of runs and all of a sudden they don't get anything going. We've seen that at times. Uh, in the postseason this year. 
Uh, I give Atlanta a lot of credit. I, I give Alex Anthopoulos a lot of credit because um, his moves at the trade deadline, Patrick, were not as celebrated as some of the other teams. And certainly I think uh, number one before the trade deadline would have to be the Dodgers. And I still would say it's number one because you get a, a Hall of Fame pitcher still pitching at the very, very top of his craft. And you get one of the elite position players in the game in Trey Turner. Uh, you know, injuries caught up to the Dodgers. Give Atlanta credit. Uh, they were hot. But those four guys that they picked up near the trade deadline when it seemingly they were decimated by injuries, um, not all of them were necessarily the sexiest names out there, but all have produced from Jorge Soler to naturally Adam Duvall in round two there, Jock Peterson and how many big hits and, and homers in particular he's had uh, in the postseason. Uh, so and, and maybe, uh, you know, we'll see how it plays out the potential MVP of the World Series from Atlanta's perspective, you know, Eddie Rosario's in that conversation, right? So he, he did a great job. And uh, Atlanta's played really well down the stretch. Freddie Freeman, after what, striking out seven of his first eight at-bats, uh, you know, was getting big hits for the Braves. It looked like he had one the other day, that monstrous home run. It's been fun. It's It's been a little of everything. And, uh, you know, I don't have a a horse in the race. So I'd love to see a, a seven game series. It's the, the best two words in, in all of sports, right? Game seven. And it's also, you know, great to, to hear November baseball, right? We, we, it's only the seventh time that that's ever happened too. That's something that, you know, in our lifetimes when we were much younger men, you would have thought, well, something has, has gone wrong. If for baseball to be in November, are they adding 180 games? Is it, What's going on that the, the season is going to extend that long? And this will be the first time since 2017, but the seventh time overall. And again, that's that's nice. We, we may crown a new Mr. November. I don't know if you've got a, a guy that you think that could come up big. Uh, I think Alex Bregman may have to be that guy for Houston. You know, he's dropped to the seventh spot in the order, as you talked about, you know, being hot at the right time. But it's going to take somebody in Houston's lineup to, to be the next iteration of Mr. November, like Derek Jeter was in 2001, possibly for, for Houston to, to win this thing over the course of the next two days. Well, uh, Jose Altuve has been great. He's hit a ton of home runs. What he's up to 23 now in the postseason. He's now got the Crawford boxes. He's a dead pull hitter for the most part, and he's going to ambush guys. So, if you had to pick one guy, you know, and you want to predict, hey, who's going to who's going to have the big hit? You you never know, but um, picking Jose Altuve, you're never wrong to do that. Four game six tonight. They will have the dome open. The roof will be open. Temperatures in about <coughs> mid sixties. Uh, there's a potential chance of rain if we happen to get to game seven. The temperatures dropping, so we'll see what happens if the roof closes. You know, you got to think an advantage for the Astros being at home with that with that. You know, the the noise being trapped inside the stadium. You've been there in that ballpark. What is what is the difference maybe between being open, being closed, or what's the atmosphere like when the sound can't go anywhere but but stay right there? Well, it's loud. It's a, it becomes an indoor uh, an indoor stadium. I really like Minute Maid Park. Um, I, I think they did a really nice job with it. It's got uh, it's got character. It's it's got again the Crawford boxes. It got it, it has nooks and crannies, which is um, 
so beautiful, I think, about baseball that there's not field uniformity as we have in other sports, and that's fine. You know, soccer pitches, whatever it is, and, uh, you know, football fields, you know, 100 yards long and, and hoop court is 94 feet, all those things. But uh, I find it, uh, you know, very interesting when you go ballpark to ballpark and not only how that park plays, but, you know, some of the different dimensions. And, yeah, that'll favor – That'll favor Houston, but let, let's not forget Atlanta puts out a really powerful lineup also. And if they run into it, you know, on the pull side, the Crawford boxes are, are inviting to guys like Duval. And, you know, we, we've seen Jock Peterson go opposite field. I mean, he can go foul line to foul line. So it's, uh, it, listen, it's going to be great. It's going to be a lot of fun. And the beautiful thing about big games in any sport, particularly in baseball, you never know who that where that heroic performance is, is going to come from. And we've also learned in this series, Patrick, that the game's never over until, you know, the 27th out is recorded. I mean, how many people were getting ready to pop champagne in Atlanta the other night when they get a granny in the first inning, right? We know Red Sox fans know what that was like about popping champagne a bit prematurely there in 1986 uh, underneath Shea Stadium. So you're right. You've got to get all... 27 outs and it's it may come down to the bullpens right max Fried, of course has you know some of the better numbers uh, his final 12 starts of the season looked fantastic but uh, since you know going six scoreless against the brewers there in the opening series in the nlds he's looked a little shaky so it may come down to the bullpens yeah you know patrick i don't think there's any may about it and i, and I say that to you respectfully because you know this the sport, at least how it's played right now, has changed. And I know it's been criticized a little bit of late when Ian Anderson had the no-hitter. And he wasn't super sharp, but he still had a no-hitter going after five innings and 70-some-odd pitches, and he gets yanked. This is always going to be, the way it's played currently, about the bullpens. I mean, you may have, it's now, you look upon it now as an outlier performance if somebody a, a you know starter was in the game in the seventh inning or, or even later than that because teams through analytics are reluctant to have a lineup face even if a guy's going well have them face the same guy a third time uh, with the game still relatively uh, within its balance so you know I don't I don't necessarily like it because I think that it adds intrigue when you have a, a great performance going on with a starting pitcher but that's how it that's how this thing's been played out certainly yeah I think both bullpens uh it's it's pretty much a, a tie it's neck and neck you know Atlanta's used up you know a lot of their guys on Sunday and you know Kendall Graveman probably well you know look everyone's going to be available for this game it's it's a must-win game for Houston but uh, I think as it lines up you know Houston's bullpen might be a little bit fresher today but it, it's going to take it's going to take our guy Tyler Matzik it's going to take former Rockies first round pick to uh he could be that big guy in this series he's already been so big for them this entire postseason and, and you love to see a story like that yeah it's a you know it's a great thing about postseason baseball especially elimination baseball you don't wait for them for tomorrow even Atlanta because they you know they they're trying to win you know one out of two now right and but they're they don't wait they're not going to hold off on somebody if they need Matzik to get six outs tonight and and he has to throw you know 38 pitches to do it I could see them going in that direction uh, even if it puts his 
uh, availability tomorrow if Houston were to win uh, in jeopardy. I mean, nobody's going to turn the baseball down these next, you know, 36 hours, right? Nobody's turning it down. It is nice to see that, you know, both managers, Snitker and Dusty Baker, they are going with the hot hand. And by that, you know, they're they're going away from the guys that are cold. Brigman dropped to the seventh in the lineup. We're also seeing that in Atlanta's lineup here tonight for game six with the DH now back. Uh, with this game going to be in Houston, Jorge Soler will be batting second. So Freddie Freeman drops to third. And then Ozzy Albies, who's been a little cold as of late, uh, he's going to be hitting seventh. It's nice that these managers are, look, they're, they're going with the hot hand. You have to at this point in these games, much like with the bullpen, you got to go with who's hot. Uh, you know, yes and no. And some, sometimes you, you'll see managers and these guys are kind of mirroring each other right now. Brian Snicker and Dusty Baker. Dusty was the first to do it, as you mentioned, with dropping Bregman to seventh and, you know, paid some dividends the other day. He had a big double early in that ball game, batting at, at the seventh spot. Uh, but there, there is the, the thought, hey, Ozzy Albies has hit, you know, the top three in the lineup all year. The reason we are here is because Albies, I believe in him, and I'm not just going to mess with the lineup and, and potentially mess with his confidence, though, you know, that's what Brian Snitker did. He, he's placed him in the seven hole. With the bullpens, again, being so critical in this series, you know, I think we kind of touched on it at the beginning of the postseason, this idea that it's it's not terribly sexy baseball and, you know, it's nothing that a new CBA or a rule change is going to be able to impact, especially not now in postseason where it's it's a whole new season. But is there, you know, necessarily anything that can be done about, you know, just going to these relievers every single inning and, you know, starting pitchers? It's a lot different too with, you know, we had the pandemic. And so a lot of these guys are just guests, right? A lot of these guys, you know, after not getting the innings last year, they, they're not really able to stick around for much longer than five or six innings here in the postseason. Well, um, I, I'm not, you know, the, the gas, <laughs> if you're gassed right now, yeah, you're, but you're, you got enough adrenaline going. Yeah, there's fatigue. They've been playing since, you know, mid-February if you're a pitcher, right? Uh, but that, that doesn't mean anything here. They're, they're ready to go and they're, uh, you know, going to be able to, uh, to, to redline if they have to. In terms of you know, rule changes. Well, we've already seen one recently, and that's with the three batter minimum. I don't know how, I don't know what you'd implement saying, oh, a starting pitcher has to go five innings. You can't do that. I mean, if he's getting his ass kicked, what do you I mean? You have to keep him out there. That's ridiculous. That's, that's ludicrous. I, I, I think games evolve, sports evolve, how you utilize players evolve. We are in a power, we know what, we've talked a lot about it. We know what this era is about. It's about, you know, power and it's about specialization when it comes to the arms that tow the rubber. And until a team, you know, steps forward with, you know, a half a dozen starters that average, you know, six and a third every night, uh, you're, you're going to see that um, and have success. You have to have success. Then there's always copycat uh, you know, te teams will go, wait, so th this team won it all. It doesn't matter what the sport is. Let's really scrutinize and evaluate how they did it. And then you'll see some change. I don't know how you'd go about implementing some sort of, you know, change when it comes to, to a starter. And, and I don't, I don't necessarily think 
there should be. Um, I know we'd like to see the pace picked up, and I know these games have been really, really lengthy. I saw something on Twitter today, Patrick, that you and I uh, maybe can more greatly appreciate because we're both originally from the East, and I, I just got back from uh, being back East for 11 days. The people who tend to you know, really bitch about when the games end are people on the East Coast because – you know, the games will end at, you know, 1130, 12, 1215, It's also why they say they, they don't, you know, see, you know, the Dodgers play and the Giants play. And it's hurt. You know, I, I'll take we'll talk about a local kid. This is a different sport. But I, I think that Christian McCaffrey would have won the Heisman Trophy a few years ago if he played for any school that was in the central or eastern time zone and not at Stanford, where a lot of people back east, a lot of voters didn't see what this kid was doing. And he ended up finishing a close second. But I think he would have would have won it. And, you know, it's it's always the people in the east that are fetching about uh, the length of the games and how and, and when they finish. And I understand that because, you know, let's let's take tonight. The game's going to start after eight o'clock back east. And if you have to get up at five in the morning or whatever time you rise to go to work and you kind of hang in there with the ball game, you ain't getting a full night's sleep or anywhere close. I get it. Um, but in, in terms of the whole pitching thing, I, I don't know how you change from a uh, how, how you would uh, address, oh, starters have to stay in there longer. I, I just don't think you can do that. Those Pac-12 football games, man, they get overlaid, especially if you're if you're playing against Hawaii. But you know, you I think you touched on. I think the way that we can maybe come back a little bit from all these bullpen games and whatnot isn't a rule about as you said, saying hey, your pitcher has to stay in here for that long. And again, that that's ridiculous to do. But you know, the max effort that these pitchers are throwing with that if there is a clock, right? And, and and so many of them now have been used to it, or at least have had the experience with it in the minor leagues, that if they are not, you know, taking the full 20 seconds or whatever it may be for them to catch their breath or to step off to throw at max effort, then they're going to need to start scaling back just a little bit. And then it won't be about, you know, throwing it as fast as you can every single pitch. It'll be a little bit more finesse and we'll get back to those days of guys being able to go, seven, eight innings, and that'll become more common. It'll be back to the art of pitching then, the art of overpowering. And I think, you know, maybe that could be some hope. It's not a guarantee, but maybe there's some hope with that. Yeah, I, I, I think during the bulk of the season, though, you're going to see more traditional stuff. You, you can't ask bullpen arms to, to make 95 appearances because <laughs> um, you have guys that are nasty. You can, you can kind of do this with the days off in a seven-game series – in October and now we're we're in November. You, you can get away with overusage of a bullpen uh, in the in the critical days of the postseason. You cannot do it over the over the the length of 162 games. Um, again, I, I don't know how you would legislate something that says you have to stay with a starter. That that's now you're messing with the integrity of the game and the and the integrity of the potential outcome because there may be it may not just be oh we're pulling him out Ian Anderson. Uh, because we don't want to see him face the lineup a third time. You know, what if Ian Anderson in, in three and a third is giving up five runs? I mean, he, yeah, you're obligated to keep him out there for another, you know, five outs. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I agree. We're definitely not going to see anything 
as crazy like that. But you might see some crazy things if you're hanging out down at the DNVR bar on the corner of Colfax and York, especially for any of our watch parties. You know, our members can go ahead and join in all of our great tailgates that we have before Broncos games. If you're there watching Avalanche or the Nuggets, you know that we've got the game on on all the televisions. The sound is on as well, so you get that great play-by-play. You know we serve Hassel Cattle Company. You know, we brought you the damn good beer. Now we're bringing you the damn good beef so good that you can now get their Wagyu beef at the DNVR bar at HassleCattleCompany.com. And when you use code DNVR10 at checkout, you save 10% every single time at HassleCattleCompany.com. H-A-S-S-E-L-L, CattleCompany.com. Make sure that you're signed up and subscribed. 50 cents for the first month at the DNVR.com. And if you want an annual membership, you're actually going to go ahead and get a free shirt from dnvr locker so a lot of perks there for all of our members as i said we've got damn good beef we've got damn good beer from breckenridge brewery the official beer of dnvr and we also have their seltzer damn good seltzer it's good company hard seltzer now available on the corner of colfax new york the dnvr bar and if you're not able to get out to the bar or you're somewhere else this time of year well the 15 can sampler of good company hard seltzer is going to do you just nice and if you're in the denver metro area make sure you do yourself nice by checking out one of the locations of sexy pizza they've been in part of the denver community for the past 13 years and they are as good as it gets of course you know that if you were at one of our broncos tailgates uh, they've got hand-tossed deck oven pizza with made from scratch each morning dough you can choose your own adventure with any of their wide range of toppings and they love supporting local organizations and nonprofits. So you can actually check them out and go to their about page for the donations link. If you want to partner up with them at www.sexy.pizza, you can stop by any of their four locations in Capitol Hill, Old South Pearl, Jefferson Park, and Park Hill with a new location in Trinidad, Colorado coming soon. Bob Melvin named as the new manager on Monday of the San Diego Padres. Their, their first veteran manager in, in you know quite some time after you know giving the job giving the reins over to Andy Green and then Jace Tingler how how great of a match is Bomel as uh he's come to be nicknamed uh, there in San Diego with Bob Melvin as the manager of the Padres well it's a it's a great move that uh you know San Diego uh, was able to get Bob Melvin Oakland was willing to uh you know allow him to to interview and then once he interviewed you knew it was going to be a no-brainer I think in 11 years in Oakland, he took them to the postseason six times. Uh, they always are doing it on a, on a shoestring budget. Uh, he's a guy that naturally will command great respect. Nobody's going to second guess, you know, Bob Melvin based on his resume. Uh, so it, it, San Diego is basically setting themselves up. There, there can be no excuses short of, you know, devastating injuries again to their their pitching staff. They're going to be loaded. They're going to have a really talented team. Uh, but guess what? The Dodgers are going to be loaded again as well. And uh, we'll see how the Giants play next year. And I say that not out of disrespect for what they accomplished this year, but you know, a lot of those guys in their mid-30s had uh, career years or close to career years. And, uh, you know, are you able to replicate that at that age? I mean, again, we're not talking about, you know, 26, 27-year-olds where you say, well, okay, they're, they're in the middle of their prime. So it's uh, reasonable to expect that they can come back and, and put up similar types of numbers. And then, you know, uh, 
the Rockies. Let's see, you know, what they're able to do, how much they're able to improve, and and hopefully they can narrow the gap between those teams that are in front of them. But San Diego is going to be really talented, and now they have a a veteran proven manager uh, that again will command respect. And uh, so I, I thought it was a great move by the Padres. There's, there's nothing not to like if you're a Padre fan there. Yeah, especially you know getting him away from Oakland. He still had uh, he had signed an extension or rather his extension was uh, optioned by Oakland and still had one more year left. Longest tenured manager too, right? Since 2011. So he's uh, he's been around the game for a while. And he knows the division. I, I know it's been a while, but he was with Arizona. So it, it's not like he is going to unfamiliar locales and he knows the stadiums and, and he understands, you know, he, he understands what it's like to come to Coors Field even. So uh, again, it, that, you know, kudos to AJ Preller for uh, being able to to pry Bob Melvin uh, away from Oakland. You know, he it was uh, I guess an interesting set of circumstances, Patrick, because you have a widely respected and widely successful manager, and yet he is applying his talents um, with a team that has limited resources financially. And for that reason, you know, I mean, if you go knock on the door uh, of the Dodgers and say, we want to go talk to Dave Roberts, that door is going to get shut in your face. And you are going to say, go pound sand. Dave Roberts is under contract. He's our guy, Alex Cora in Boston. I mean, I know Aaron Boone, I think he just got an extension with the Yankees and there were some speculated because the Yankees didn't win the whole thing that Aaron Boone would be out. But again, those well-to-do teams, you're not going to, you're not going to give somebody an opportunity to take him away. I, w- I wouldn't think the Rockies, I know there's another year on the contract, you know, for Buddy Black. I mean, if the Padres had called and said, hey, we want Buddy Black back to San Diego, uh, you know, unless that person went to their ownership and said, this is something I really, really want. Please allow me to do that. Um I just think it was the, it was the perfect set of circumstances for the Padres in that Bob Melvin was with a club that, you know, is not, is not going to always compete when it comes to, uh, you know, financial terms, whether it be with a player or a manager. And he provided, you know, great service to Oakland for a, a decade. And obviously a close relationship he has with Billy Bean is kind of the difference to say, yeah, hey, you know what, you can, you can basically take our manager out from underneath us, which, you know, we don't, don't see every day. I, uh, now listen, on the other side, if I'm an Oakland fan, I'm pissed off right? because they keep winning and they keep finding their way to the postseason. They haven't a lot of had a lot of success there, but you're like, wait a second, man, why are we letting our manager go when he's under contract for another year? I wouldn't be if I'm an Oakland fan. I'm not. I wouldn't be thrilled about that. They might be happy if they can get back the the shortstop from uh, the late '80s uh, that. That led his uh, team to a couple World Series yeah, and Mr. I, Walt Weiss. That would yeah, be Yeah, but listen, I, I, I hope Walt gets uh, another shot to manage. You know, the Mets job is still open. Uh, ties to New York. He's from Suffern, New York, Rockland County, just out the, outside the city. And, and Oakland is where he came up and was Rookie of the Year. So, as you said, um, not just the Oakland job, but there's a couple out there that at the conclusion of the World Series, I would be, you know, very surprised if Walt didn't, interview for one or both of those positions and i hope he does and i hope he gets one of them this week a couple rockies were finalists for a couple prestigious awards Herman marquez silver slugger award 
Ryan McMahon, go glove at third base. You know, uh, we all know what, what Herman Marquez has done, and I think the numbers back up and, you know, support the fact that he's one of the best hitting pitchers, and uh, if not tops. Uh, but Ryan McMahon, you know, you you saw him, you've seen him a lot more than me because I, I have a lot more off days than, than you do. You know, how impressive was his season defensively, even just using the eye test? It was great. It was phenomenal. Yeah, he was he – was, he was tremendous defensively, not only at third, but also at second. He was there more in the first half. Obviously, Brendan Rodgers took over on a day-to-day basis for most of the second half of the season at second. Uh, but he played gold-glove caliber defense at both spots. I think the final totals, Patrick, you're always great about this. I, I think he ended up with 95 starts at third base, um, and he led – Uh, all of baseball and defensive runs saved at third. Some of the advanced metrics um, are going to point to Ryan McMahon as the best defender in the National League at third. Uh, Cabrian uh, Hayes uh, also had really good numbers. Nolan is in the conversation naturally for a gold glove. And well, he should be, Uh, you know, he gets to a ton of baseballs. Uh, I I think if if you're going to ask me who I think will win it, I don't know if Ryan, you know, Ryan McMahon will win it because of the fact that he played less than 100 games at third base. We'll find out. It's almost a litmus test for how much the voters will pay attention to all of the advanced metrics. He deserves to be a finalist. That Had he not been a finalist, that would have been uh, criminal. I mean, he really deserves to be a finalist. Now, can he win it? You certainly, I hope so. And I think, I, I think he certainly would be deserving, but then you're going to, you know, you're going to have the argument. Well, I, I don't know what Nolan played this year, you know, probably 145 or 150 over there. And you go, well, this guy played, you know, whatever it is, 40, 50 more games than, you know, another, another player. So, you know, that, that, you know, can be compelling also in terms of Herman. What a neat thing if if this is the last year and we all kind of assume it is that national that hitters, the pitchers will hit uh, to be able to be the silver slugger award winner, the last one uh, in the National League. I know that would mean a lot to Herman. He loves to hit. It's really important to him uh, producing. And I think the award uh, is really important to him. And I'd naturally love to see him win it. And, uh, it He's going to be right in there with the guy who's starting tonight, Max Freed for Atlanta. Yeah, and and it'll be Marquez being remembered, you know, as as the last uh, Silver Slugger Award winner for a pitcher. Uh, you know, should he win uh, coming up this week? And and Zach Greinke, who went and goes in the World Series, and you think, all right, he got his uh, hit in Game Four, comes back in Game Five with the pinch hit. So you've got those two guys kind of leading the charge for the hitting pitchers. That was the hardest hit ball by an Astro the entire game. Came off the bat, what, at 106 points something or 107 miles an hour the other night. Granky's a great athlete. Granky's a phenomenal athlete. And he's reinvented himself. You know, he's not in the mid-90s anymore. He's he, he's actually one of the softest throwers in baseball, but he's still very, very effective. I'll tell you what's coming, and he still won't be able to hit it, right? No. It'll be a weak contact. Um, I was I was on a podcast earlier this week, and we were talking about, you know, some of the, the bigger end-of-season awards uh, where the Rockies might factor in and kind of came up this idea that, you know, their buddy could get a couple third place votes, right. Uh, for the job that he was able to do on with the Rockies this year for so many people kind of 
counting him out if you're one of the writers for the BBWAA and thought oh, the Rockies aren't going to be very good. And then you look at the end of the season where they where they're at in the standings or their their win loss record and you say, wow, you know what? They uh, they were a lot better than I had given them credit for. And uh, depending on which city you're from, the Rockies may have handed it to uh, that team at at home. And so, you know, I, I think that could be some potential for that for a voter saying, you know, acknowledging the great work Buddy was able to do as as a veteran manager himself. Yeah, I, I think Buddy did a tremendous job, especially given the fact that you know many many people and and many of the you know breakdown from an analytical standpoint had the Rockies losing a hundred plus games. Uh, I don't think Buddy, if he was sitting here, I, knowing him as as well as I do, would be would celebrate whatever they finished with seventy five wins or whatever it was. That's not what it's about. That's not what he's about. Um, I, I don't, you know, if, if he gets a couple of people to acknowledge that, wow, the Rockies, you know, were much better than many people thought and, and Buddy is, you know, a well-respected manager. I don't think he needs any of those votes. Um, I think people recognize in the sport um, how good he is and, and players love to play for him. And we'll talk more about this uh, as the offseason continues. I mean, Buddy, Buddy's one of their great assets, not only, um, you know, his steadiness at the top step of the dugout, but but hopefully maybe in recruiting uh, a couple of free agents to Denver and some of the guys that are already on the roster um, saying, hey, this is a guy you want to play for. This is really a guy you want to play for. Um, so uh, I, I think, you know, Gabe Kapler should win it from a unanimous standpoint, I think Dusty Baker deserves, uh, you know, a lot of credit now a full season in his second year uh, after what, you know, they went through and, and what a steady hand for, for Dusty. And then, you know, the third guy that comes to mind, just the way, even though he got fired, Patrick, you know, the way the, um, the, the Cardinals finished that month of September, Mike Schilt will probably uh, get, you know, a number of votes as well. And yeah, and maybe Brian Snitker also, but your original point, when it, whenever it comes to Buddy Black, I'm all in. Uh, and I'm not just saying that because I work closely with him. I, I think he's phenomenal. And I think the fact that he stays just like this and he's, you know, super competitive and, and always takes care of his players, but he can deliver a stern message uh, behind closed doors. I, I think he's one of the best managers in the game. Yeah, he deserves credit for the performance of the Rockies this year, for sure. And the folks at Green Mountain Dental Group deserve to take some credit for those smiling Colorado sports fans around town, especially those of our DNVR listeners who switched to Green Mountain Dental Group over the years to make them their permanent family dentist. If you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush from Green Mountain Dental Group, located only 15 minutes from downtown Denver. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has an offer every football fan should be jumping in on. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and if they do, you win $200 in free bets. It's that easy and rewarding. DraftKings customers can also get skin in the game with new same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout, and the more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, and best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. That's promo code DNVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 
Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. And one team that's always helping you win is Colorado XOs, the, your local rugby team. Colorado rugby team is back again, but now as the American Raptors. And if you haven't heard of them, they're Rugby Town USA's newest rugby team down in Glen, Glendale. And the American Raptors, if you didn't know, are athletes who have competed at the highest level of their respected sports, football, basketball, baseball, wrestling, soccer, etc. But the best team, best part about the American Raptors team and their game is that they're all free. That's right. Head over to AmericanRaptors.com and grab your free tickets for the upcoming season and subscribe to the weekly DNVR Rugby podcast hosted by our guy Colton Strickler. They've got it all covered for you. This week, Drew, we've been covering the top of the Rockies, some of the best events from the Rockies in 2021. And I was curious your takes on, you know, best performance of the year. If there's one that jumps out to you as, you know, this was the game that, you know, was, was ultimately going to go down in the books as, as one of the biggest highlights in, in 2021 or, or, or a series of games, if you can recall from, from the season, which, is now almost a month old. <laughs> I, I caught your show earlier in the week, and I know you mentioned Ryan McMahon's three-homer game, and um, uh, there were a couple other things that you mentioned. I emptied the computer at the end of the year, so I'm going to need your assistance. You're going to have to give me some options, and then I'll go, oh, yeah, well, you know what? I think I like that one for number one, because I do, man. I, I've told you this before. Uh, I have really good short-term retention. I'm a good test taker, so at 7 o'clock, on a given night, I can give you all sorts of, uh, you know, relevant and irrelevant information and, and disseminate it for you. And and then the, the next day you'll say, hey, man, I missed a game last night. Who won? I'll say, well, um, uh, the Rockies won. What was the score? Uh, five to three. No, it was six to three. Six to three. So when the season ends, I let, I let it all go. Give me some options and I'll tell you what I like. Uh, you, you said Ryan McMahon, three home run game. That was a big one. CJ Chrome with two home runs and seven, seven RBI. Yep, I heard you Got talking that about one. that one. Garrett Hampson had a two home run game there late in the season. That was critical. Charlie Blackman, if you remember, in Pittsburgh, went three for four, factored in all four runs, right? Going into the ninth inning, they were down by one. Had the uh, game-tying RBI, also scored a run there on CJ Crone's hit. So he was huge in that game. You also had Herman Marquez, his no-hitter going into the ninth. Antonio Sensatella in Los Angeles, seven scoreless innings. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. Um, the, you've refreshed my memory enough that the Herman game will stand out because he was really close. And I've had the fortune of doing the good fortune of doing the only no-hitter in Rockies history, obviously, in 2010 with Ubaldo against the Atlanta Braves down uh, at Turner Field. And I was on the other side, did, you know, when Clayton Kershaw threw that unbelievable ball game in, in no-hitting uh, the Rockies several years back. But I really felt like Herman was going was gonna to throw that no-hitter. That one stands out. Senza had so many good games, but that one in L.A. and where the Rockies ended up winning that series also is big. Let's not forget, uh, you know, the Rockies, I think, set a team record, correct me if I'm wrong, Patrick, uh, for walk-off wins. They, they had 12. They near the top of the uh, the heap in baseball this year in walk-off wins. And Elias Diaz had a couple of really big ones, three of them. Was it three? Yeah. So 
Both, I remember those. I remember Elias on one of them when he's coming home and he, and it was like the bull in the China shop deal. Uh, that, that was fun. That, that was a lot of fun. So uh, that, that's, a, that's one of the dog yelling at his dog. Hey, um, he's upsetting you for missing. He's, he's upset at you for missing some of those big games there. He's like, oh, come on, dad, you got to get those. But you know what? Um, the, the great thing about, about baseball is that even in a, in a year where you don't go to the postseason or maybe it's even a dark year, uh, you're going to find victory. I'm sure Baltimore had some where they're like, man, that was a lot of fun. So. Yeah, Baltimore won a, a handful of games. We we know that for sure. Charlie Blackman had three walk-offs too. Got to give him a lot of credit for that. There were a lot of good performances. I, I won't put you on the spot again uh, for any specific. Well, actually, I do have one that's specific, and and maybe you can give me a general sense. And there's there's an easy answer to this one as far as best of 2021. Best walk-up music. Now there's a gimme in there. Don't ever ask me that. Don't ever ask me that. You want to know why, Patrick? I swear, people for years will go, hey, what walk-up song do you like? I don't know any of them. I have the headsets on, and I'm focused on, you know, doing my gig. And, okay, here comes Charlie Blackman. I know, you know, he plays that one. I don't know anybody's walk. The only, the only one I can even think of on another team was a couple of years ago when the former Rocky, Gerardo Parra, had the, um, you know, the the – Baby Shark. Baby Shark one, which, I mean, that that one became obvious. Uh, but I, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm i locked in and I got the headsets on, so I don't really hear them. Yeah, no, that that, that makes sense. I could only – the finalists in my book were the ones that I could remember, right? Because there's just there, – there weren't very many. And even a couple that I didn't know, but I, I had to look up. Like CJ Crone has a country uh, song and, and, you know, I'm not a huge country music fan, but – there was just something about that one in particular, you know, on a Saturday night or a night game at Coors Field, listening to some Cole Swindell. It just kind of puts you in the mood, right? It's just part of the sure. ambiance and part of the whole experience. Yeah, and um, some of them are, are creative, and, and I find out about them after. But, like, in the moment, I can't tell you, you know, Garrett Hampson comes up to this or, you know, Ryan McMahon walks up to the plate, you know, to this tune. I mean, hopefully you know Charlie Blackman's, but again, I won't put you on the spot for that one. But. Yeah, what, what is, it's something about the outfield, right? What is it? <laughs> yeah. it's by the outfield. It's by it's by the band, the outfield. Yeah, you go. Right. We got it. We got it. All right, okay. reliever of the year. Is there who would you pick? Now this one's hard because you know first half was rough for a lot of people. Second half, a lot of a lot of the relievers coming out of the old arm barn, as I believe we're, oh, we've stop, all agreed. Stop. Stop. We've all agreed. No. Okay. Stop. Um, uh, the night shift. Did you like Tyler Matzik calling him the night shift? He said, me and the boys out in the night shift. <laughs> I like that. That's a good, good term that, for the bullpen. That's creative. Yeah. That's going to stick. So, so from the night shift, is there someone that kind of stood out as, as having the best year overall? I, I think you, you set this up properly from the first half, you know, Michael Gibbons, who's now at the Reds threw the ball. I thought pretty well before the trade deadline, there weren't a lot of standouts in the bullpen in the first half. Now in the second half, I thought Tyler Kinley threw the ball really well. Uh, you know, uh, Carlos Estevez certainly, uh, you know, he, he had a couple of hiccups, but he stepped forward. You know, overall, given his rookie status, given his relative anonymity, you know, Lucas Gilbreth maybe, right? Lucas Gilbreth. 
really, uh, you know, step forward. And uh, another guy I'm excited about seeing in year two that, you know, was good early and good late and missed a, you know, a, a good chunk of change or time, excuse me, was, was Jordan Sheffield. Yeah, I, I tried to kind of spread around the wealth uh, with my awards because Gilbreth, I think, was in the conversation for reliever of the year. I, I had him as, as rookie of the year with Connor Joe as the uh, fan favorite of the year, uh, aptly named after Ryan Spielberg, so as, as he, I think, represents, you know, the guy that Who? just fans love. Who's this? Uh, Ryan, Sp- I don't you, you would know. You would know. Ryan Spielberg's never, fan favorite. Never heard of him. He's Never great walk-up music, actually. I don't, oh, really? I don't know what Spielberg's uh, music was when he was coming up. It, it would certainly probably be different today. Now, I think. Well, he almost got run out of Japan because his walk-up song when he was in Japan um, was "Fashion Monster," um, and his manager told him in no uncertain terms that he had to change uh, that song because it lacked fighting spirit. There you go. That's that actually is true. You need some fighting spirit. Do you have a fighting spirit song, or do you, or or would you just have a walk up tune that would really just kind of get you into the moment, or an artist even that anytime well, you hear it, it, it evokes something positive within you. I would probably, you know, right now again, you're you, you're asking me off the cuff. I would probably find something by like Zach Brown Band. I'm a huge Zach Brown Band fan, or you know, maybe Darius Rucker. I'm a big Darius Rucker guy. I will say um, a few years ago, it's probably a better part of, you know, 10 years ago now, time flies. Uh, when I was, uh, I, w- I was, had left the fan, but I was still doing some stuff at the fan. And uh, Hastings asked me, he goes, all right, man, what, what's your, what's your walk-up song going to be all summer when you, um, you know, join us on the radio? And I said, uh, all summer long by Kid Rock. So that was, I, you know, I kind of thought that was, for me at least, semi-clever and, um, you know, had had a little bit of baseball and summer mixed in and, and, and it was upbeat. And so, you know, I could walk to the plate and that would get me fired up. Those are my favorite ones where it, it makes you feel like you're at a ballpark, right? It doesn't yeah. totally take you out of it. And again, at, at Coors Field, you know, with the sun setting, that, that can make any song sound amazing so all right those those are good picks one one day actually you know uh, as we wrap up here i've been meaning for a couple weeks to introduce you slightly differently and this this ties in with walk-up music i've been meaning to say welcome into the dnvr rockies podcast today we have a a great guest today uh 2017 colorado rockies fantasy camp mvp drew goodman drew i hear you're a very good baseball player well, that's very kind. I, you know, I'm going to tell you a quick story. When I was covering ski racing, um, and I covered World Cup ski racing, but then I also covered uh, back when there was the U.S. Pro Tour, and the Mayer brothers, and Phil especially, and Steve was a great skier also, but the, the you know, they're identical twins. I don't know if you know a lot about ski racing, but, you know, Phil Mayer is one of the all-time uh, great U.S. skiers, and and you know I think he won three overall World Cup titles. And he was he was great. And uh, when he was on the U.S. Pro Tour, it was after his World Cup um, career. And to motivate him, he had on the t- on the tips of his skis on one side it said 
has been on the and the other the other one to motivate him said like never was and i always, always remembered that so uh you know i guess at some point in time this is always relatively speaking um i was okay um but uh you know i wish i was a whole lot better so i could have been one of those guys that played and got paid and then went to broadcasting but thank you for those kind words you're good what do you have a position I just heard you. I just heard you're a very good hitter, but are you uh, just strictly DH? Well, no. You know, I, I, I when I, I went to college as a catcher, and I, I played third as well. And um, I think if I did it all over again, because I, my dad was like six foot, and I always thought I was gonna, you know, grow. And um, so I, I probably, I, I loved catching, um, but I, I think I would have. When I go to fantasy camp, I play short, but I think I probably would have been, you know, like second base probably from a physical stature standpoint would have you know fit me best at the higher you know at the higher levels but um, I love catching because I, I love being involved in every play yeah that's it is the best position I think yeah. for sure but it's it's good to know that you know if you did it all over again you know you you could be Jose Aldruve dare I say well here's a here's the thing I, I Patrick I don't know if I've mentioned it to you on your show um, whenever I see Jose Altuve, and I've done this with Ozzy Albies also, kind of as a ha ha. I'll walk up to them and I'll and I say, you know what, I could post your little ass up, uh, <laughs> you know that old line. But uh, yeah, it's nice. It's nice. Uh, it's nice to see guys. That's you know, great thing about about baseball. It's not just you don't have to be Aaron Judge's size or John Carlos Stanton's size to to perform uh, at the highest level. Do you see that thing on Twitter the other day, Patrick? There was a shot of. Altuve um, and Judge standing next to each other, and it said, you know, who's hit more postseason homers? You know, or said like one guy's hit, you know, twenty some odd postseason homers, and the other guy has whatever Aaron Judge has. You know, nobody would ever guess that. And literally, you you know, you could stack Jose Altuve on his own shoulders, and he may come up to Aaron Judge. Yeah, the the big guy has not only zero home runs in the world series, but he's, he's not even played in the world series just yet. So uh, yeah, that, that is wild to, to think about that uh, juxtaposition there, but um, hopefully Fox sports isn't too mad at us for uh, having the best pregame world series game six show here uh, in, in the nation. But Goody, I, I appreciate you, you joining us and look forward to doing this every single week. Yeah, you bet. You bet. Any, any time. And um Oh, tell us what's what's going on this week. We got the show. I mean, I, I listened to the Pujols episode twice. That's how fantastic it was. Oh, uh, two two back-to-back fantastic ones with Chris Forbes, Albert Pujols. Still go back and listen to it, even if you've already done so. Yeah, Al- Albert was great. I thought, you know, I, I think I put out on Twitter. He was very reflective. And, um, you know, he he's, um, he's a guy that um, – you know, has, has lived a charm baseball life, but he understands that he doesn't take it for granted. He, uh, he's always had great humility. So, um, you know, that, that conversation on, on my podcast with Albert, I think is, you know, is, is a special one and, and that's, you know, they're always o- available. Um, and then this week, I think I'm going to, I, I, I know I'm going to, uh, do a sit down. We're going to, we're going to talk football with, uh, cause you know, I like to branch out and uh, we'll talk, I- I'm going to talk baseball quite a bit, but w- my guest is going to be Joel Dreesen, the former outstanding tight end of Colorado state who had a really nice NFL career and, and back uh, in his home state of, 
of Colorado. And we're, we're going to talk about Colorado State. We're going to talk about the NFL, talk about the Broncos. They've made a lot of news uh, over the last, uh, you know, 24 hours with the Von Miller deal. But, uh, you know, uh, I'm looking forward to spending some time with Joel, who's a really good guy. So he'll be on this week. But Albert Pujols is still uh, is still sitting there waiting for you guys to consume that. So thanks for the plug. I appreciate it. Yeah, it was a good scoop because, I mean, in that interview, he essentially said, you know, I want to keep playing, and he did. He's in Dominican Republic right now, had a walk-off base hit the other day. So, uh, that's, yeah, that's I, you know what? That, I thought that was really neat that I saw, you know, I, that you followed up and, and it tweeted that out. And, um, you know, I, I retweeted that, that he, that he's down there, you know, playing in the Dominican. And, um, you know, he's a guy that, that, that wants to give back. And, listen, he had a, I want to say – Patrick, I think it was a 759 OPS with the Dodgers and a lot of good hit, big hits. He had a big hit against the Rockies late in the season, if you remember, to drive in the go-ahead run off the bench in the ninth inning with a single up the middle. Uh, based on what we were seeing in his, you know, few months with the with the Dodgers, there's still something left in the tank, um, and and he's going to. I, I think everybody assumed that he would end up in a, with an American League club, and he ends up with with LA. And now next year, again, assuming there's a DH, it makes his services um, not just with the bat, but, you know, kind of having a player coach and being a Hall of Famer uh, in your clubhouse. Uh, I, I would imagine that his phone's going to ring. Hey, we'll have to talk about that next week on the DNVR Rockies podcast. Again, thank you again, Goody. Uh, make sure you're uh, like, share, and subscribe. The Drew Goodman podcast dropping every Thursday. So for DNVR Sports, He's Drew Goodman. I'm Patrick Lyons. Thank you for tuning in to the DNVR Rockies podcast. And the folks at Green Mountain Dental Group deserve to take some credit for those smiling Colorado sports fans around town, especially those of our DNVR listeners who switched to Green Mountain Dental Group over the years to make them their permanent family dentist. If you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush from Green Mountain Dental Group located only 15 minutes from downtown Denver. 